Hi everyone, I'm Daniela and you're listening to the Mellow Moment Pet Health Podcast. In today's episode, I talked to Tori Mystic about how she turned her passion for pets into a career and how you can too. Listen to Tori's tips about following your dreams in the pet industry, learn about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the furry, and most importantly, hear her distilled insights from wear, wag, repeat. Hey everyone, I'm Daniela from Mella Pet Care and today I'm joined by Tori Mystic. She's a professional dog mom and also the founder of Wear Wag Repeat. Well, Tori, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Daniela. Yeah, this is going to be so exciting. So to start off, would you like to introduce yourself and give some personal background to the listeners? Yeah, sure. So my name is Tori Mystic. I uh, am the founder of a dog mom blog called Wear, Wag, Repeat that I've had for more than nine years. So I've been blogging about dogs for a long time. And for the past five years, I've also been a podcaster. Um, I have a show by the same name, Wear, Wag, Repeat, where I interview women in the pet industry. So my whole brand is kind of about supporting women who love pets, either as pet parents or petpreneurs. And myself, I have two chocolate labs who are 10 years old named Bert and Lucy. Yeah, that's so fantastic. And I love that because, you know, as a fellow pet health podcaster, I can tell you that this doesn't feel like work. You know, this is so fun. This is amazing. And so I'm really just curious about your introduction into the pet world and how you decided that you kind of wanted a change and you wanted to just start this. Yeah. And I totally agree. My podcast has always been one of my favorite things. Like when I started doing that about five years ago, I just was like, this is so fantastic. I can talk with people, you know, and and get like in-depth conversations, not just chit chat and talk to people all over the world who share this love of, of pets. Um, so it, it is really fun. It's, it doesn't feel like work. Um, but let's see, like back in the day, <laughs> we go back in time. Um, I, I used to be a social media consultant here in Pittsburgh for small businesses here. And I, I was getting really good at growing my clients, social media followings. And one day I was like, why don't I like do this? Like for myself, why am I not like building up my own social media? Uh, and I had this little hobby blog called where wag repeat, where I just was posting lifestyle stuff. You know, I had um, my dog Lola at the time and I was getting Lucy as a puppy and I was just sharing like outfit photos. My dogs were in the photos with me. It was not a dog blog at all. Um, and, you know, so I kind of combined my knowledge of social media to grow my social media for myself and grow my blog. And that's when I started to discover other dog bloggers, which I did not even know was a thing that existed. (laughs) And I was over here trying to be a fashion blogger. But meanwhile, any posts that I had that were about my dogs were getting way more comments, way more shares. I was starting to kind of 
create friendships with other people who were dog bloggers. And um, meanwhile, the fashion stuff was like getting crickets because it, it's so oversaturated. You know, there's so like everyone wanted to be a fashion blogger back then. And, and still today, there's lots of people who want to do that. But the dog world was kind of like smaller community. Everyone really friendly. And um, yeah, that's, that's the rest is history. I guess you could say like, it's because dog people are so cool and friendly <laughs> that um, that's how I ended up going this direction. No, you're, you're so right. And it is true that, you know, when you post anything on social media, as soon as you have any kind of pet in that photo, people are just going to like it more. You know, if, if it's a photo of you out in Italy, people go, okay, you know, that's pretty. Wow. We love Italy. As soon as it's a photo of you on your couch with your dog, it just blows up. People are like, oh my God, a dog, a cat, like that's beautiful. So I think that is super inspiring. But I also feel like a lot of people out in the world kind of want to take a career change and maybe want to start a blog or a podcast or, you know, they realize that their love for their pet, whether that's a cat, a dog, a bird, anything really extends past just being their caretaker or their parent. They actually like want to do something more with that, but it can also be very scary. And so what do you think, are, what are your, some, some tips just for those people who are trying to start something pet related? Yeah, totally. That's a, it's a great question because I think it is intimidating for people, but I, I think what we've seen like the last couple of years, at least for me, I just feel like every single day I'm so appreciative of like each day because you just never know what's going to happen with pandemics and other disasters. You know, it just seems like you need to follow your dreams because you really don't know what's going to happen. Um, and life can pass by and you can sit around or you can like do follow your dreams and do what you want to do and make a difference. So that maybe sounds a little bit dramatic, but <laughs> that's kind of in the back of my mind, like every single day, um, you know, that, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing and, and having kind of changed careers from social media to, to pets. And then now like helping other pet businesses with their social media, which is just fantastic. Um, is that, you know, what I'm doing can make a difference in the lives of pets and their people. And so if you're listening to this, you feel like you have a passion for pets and you want to help pets and their people, like you should do it because it really can impact someone's life. Um, and, and I think the other thing is that my, you know, my business, I started this blog over nine years ago, but then I added the podcast. Then I added an online shop and then sort of have in the last couple of months, like started winding down the online shop. Um, I've created online courses. I've created a membership. You know, I have been able to try so many different things. So if you're, you know, scared because you're going to take a leap and, and start a new business and think I'm going to have to do this for the rest of my life. It's not the case. Like you can always change it. Um, you start something and you're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. You can pivot a little bit. You can add something new. You can take something away. Um, you know, I, I think the idea of, you know, taking one job or starting one business and doing that for your whole life is very unrealistic. And, and that's very intimidating, but if you just think, okay, you know, I'm going to do this for, I'm going to give it a year, see what happens. I'm going to reassess and add something or take something away or pivot a little bit this direction. And I think it's just a lot more manageable to think about and, um, a lot more practical to execute. 
Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And you are right about just assessing things. You know, you can start a blog and then realize, oh, I don't really like blogging. You can start a podcast and say, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I don't really enjoy talking in front of a microphone and then editing for hours. That's not my thing. And so I think, yeah, you bring up such fantastic points about starting somewhere and then just reassessing where that is. And so what then are your top tips for assessing, you know, because even that word itself is very scary. You don't know whether to stick it out for a few more months or, you know, just change a little bit, but not the whole thing. So what are your tips there? Yeah. I I love, I I love the direction this conversation is going. Um, because I think it's really hard as entrepreneurs and like solopreneurs, which a lot of us are, to do this like assessment, like you don't have a boss doing your annual evaluation. You have to do it on yourself. And that's even harder, I think. Um, so there's, there's a few things that I recommend looking at. Um, not every area of your business needs to fulfill every need. So for me, I have certain things in my business that make me really happy that, um, I just have a huge passion behind and then they might not make any money. So I have other things that are that are more profitable and bring in more income. Um, and I'm I'm still passionate about them, but you know, they're not like that spark that's waking me up every day. Um, so you kind of need to look at all the different elements and be like, okay, well, this thing um is helping people, or it's making me really happy, or it's making me money. Uh, and you know, you can't keep running a business not making any money. So that's, that is an important (laughs) one to look at in your assessment. Um, but don't overlook the things that make you happy because, um, you know, if you're thinking about quitting your day job and starting a, a business based around pets, you're probably doing that because you love pets so much. Um, so if you, if you take out all the happiness parts, um, because they're not profitable, then, you know, you're going to lose the passion for the business and you're probably going to want to throw a towel eventually. So it's really important that, um, you still have elements that bring you joy, um, as well as elements that bring you money. (laughs) No, you're right. That's such an important consideration is that at the end, at the end of the day, if this is your business, it would be nice to be financially stable. And especially if you're somebody who loves dogs as much or cats, as much as we do, you want to have the money even to support them. It's just kind of like thinking of in terms of being a parent and you say, okay, well, I love this, but this means that, you know, I can't buy the food that I want to buy for my dog or cat this month. And so, you know, for a lot of us, it is thinking in terms of how can we best support our furry friends and our, our children. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you also have to think like, I think a lot of people, um, in the pet industry, we have such big hearts and so much compassion for our customers that you want to give someone a discount or you want to, you know, price something. So it's really cheap. So everyone can have it. But if you're not making money in your business, your business is going to shut down and it's not going to be able to help anyone. So it is, you kind of need to have that balance of helping people, and also making money. Yeah, you're right about that too. We definitely struggle with that a lot in our business. It's like, oh, these people have a rescue for, you know, senior cats. That's beautiful. Let's like, let's give them everything for free. We're like, oh, these people, you know, this relief veterinarian who works 80 hours a week. Oh, we have to give them free things. <laughs> There's I know, a lot it's, of compassion. It's hard. Yeah. 
And, and we're in this space because we all have such big hearts for the pets, but, um, you just have to kind of remember that you won't be able to help them if your business goes under. <laughs> right. And so now it's, I'd, I'd love to just hear what your biggest challenges have been throughout this journey, even throughout the, the last nine years, just, you know, obviously you have persisted and you have grown this wonderful brand and you're doing such amazing things, but from kind of behind the scenes, what were some things that just were hard, difficult to overcome? Well, it's, it's kind of you. Thanks for the compliments. I appreciate it. Um, cause like you said, I have been doing this for a long time and, um, I think the, the biggest part and the biggest challenge is, is persistence and, and patience. Um, because especially with blogging and podcasting, uh, it's not going to be an overnight success. And, you know, I, I think people see on social media, you know, going viral and they see these people have these viral video and then they're just like, have a, a, um, a strip of, of mailing labels. That's like a miles, miles long because they got so many orders from this viral video. Well, that's really an outlier. That is not normal for most people. And I've had viral videos that have had millions of views that had absolutely no impact (laughs) on my business at all. It just, it's just a video that got a lot of views and that's all it is. Um, so I, I just don't think there's any such thing as an overnight success. And I, and I, I wouldn't bank on going viral to be like the golden ticket for your business. It's just about having that patience. Um, and just, you know, even though, you know, you might be writing blog posts and they're not getting any traffic, it's because Google might take three or six months to even notice that that content content exists. So you just have to wake up every day and keep it and just know that in three or six months, (laughs) uh, it it might start getting more traffic to it. So, you know, it really is hard. I think, um, to keep the motivation up, to keep, to keep doing it, um, when you're not seeing results all the time, cause it, it just takes a long time. So, um, it is important to celebrate those successes when they do happen, uh, and, and make a big deal out of it, especially as someone who works alone at home by myself <laughs> all the time, it's important to me to like make a really big deal about, um, you know, hitting traffic goals or hitting, um, goals of how many people are or whatever it is. Um, because if I don't like nobody else is going to celebrate it. So, you know, you need to, you know, be patient, but then, but then when you do hit your goal, really make a big deal out of it because you, you know, worked hard for it. Right. And that's such a good answer. I love that because, you know, I asked about challenges and then you just spot it to be very inspirational. And so I really like that where you're like, oh, this is a challenge, but don't worry because this will happen or like, wait for that. So I just think that was a really good answer. Was not really expecting that, but it was such a a good little mindset shift that we had there. I'm that person in the job interview where they're like, what are your flaws? And it's like, I work too hard. (laughs) I'm just, I'm too good at the job. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. No, you know what? We need every we need people like that. So I think that's so good. And so I also want to take a little shift here because I want to go back to the tagline that we first delivered at the very beginning, where I introduced you as a professional dog mom. And so I want to know a little bit more about the babies that make you a professional dog mom, the two retrievers that you have, and really just what you've learned from them. Yes. Well, so I love to say professional dog mom. I was actually, 
a couple years ago, loading the dogs in the back of my car at um, these trails that we go to. And someone walked and saw the setup in the back of my car and said, wow, you're like a professional dog mom. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? I actually am. (laughs) Um, So I love that title. And, um, and my dogs really are the reason why I do everything that I do. Uh, So I have two labs, Bert and Lucy and Lucy I've had since she was a puppy. I got her when she was like eight weeks old and she's wonderful. She's, um, an English lab and we do all kinds of things together. She loves the water. So we learned, um, how to do stand up paddle boarding together. And we love doing that. She also is, is very, um, you know, empathetic, I guess. And so we got her certified as a therapy dog and get to volunteer together and do that. So we do all kinds of things. She also loves learning tricks. Even at 10 years old, she's learning new tricks and stuff. Um, so I love her. She's awesome. And about four years ago, I think, um, I came across a profile on Petfinder of another chocolate lab named Bert. And um, as in, like typical with a lot of those online profiles, it was like one blurry photo and a very, very short description um, that just said that he was special needs. And um, that's all I really knew about him. And and for some reason, that blurry photo <laughs> caught my eye and I called to learn more about him. And I learned he'd been in a shelter for over a year. Mm. And um, he was just one of those less adoptable dogs. There are qualities that make dogs less adoptable. Um, they are, you know, being large, Mm -hmm. being old, uh, being dark color and being special needs. And Bert was all four of those things. (laughs) So, um, that's just kind of why I guess he ended up being in in the shelter for a long time because he does have to take meds every day. But I knew as a professional dog mom and a, a blogger and a podcaster that I would have access to interview experts on, um, his condition, which he has epilepsy. Um, you know, I could provide him with great care. You know, I'm home all the time. I just felt like it was the perfect fit. And so, um, I introduced, I had to take Lucy out there and introduce them to each other and they hit it off. And, um, now Bert's part of our family and he's wonderful dog. I can't believe so many people passed him up for a year because he's a wonderful dog and his hobby, cause Lucy has all her hobbies, his hobby that we've gotten into is a dog sport called barn hunt, which oh. is like a scent work sport. So he's really he has amazing nose and he's really good at scent work. Oh, that's fantastic. And I love that. I'm so glad that you were able to adopt him because, you know, because if he had all these qualities, that means that nobody else wanted him. And so I'm so glad that you got him. A that's nice how I felt. Time. I was like, yeah. if not, if not me, who, who? like, who's yeah, going to exactly. rescue him? Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I could see them in the back of your zoom shot. I think that would be such a good addition. I was like, looking in the back, I was like, I think I see a pillow of them. Unfortunately, oh, Bert's back there. He's back there. <laughs> You can kind of see his head, like that's him sleeping right yeah, there. Yeah, I see a chocolate blob there. <laughs> there we go. Wonderful. It's like one of the two has to make an appearance here. That's we're talking about them. We're like praising <laughs> them here. 
So now we're actually at the perfect time for you to answer our Mala signature question. Now, this is something that every guest has gotten to answer just because it leads to such a wide array of different answers and perspectives. And so I personally love it. And so you coming from this really fantastic background with these beautiful pets and, you know, this wonderful life that you've created, what does pet health and wellness mean to you in today's day and age? I love this question. And I have um, an answer that might be like a little bit different. I guess I like to be different with my answers. Um, but I think that, that pet health and just in the, in the work that I've been doing recently and, and blog posts I've been writing and people I've been talking to, I think that today, um, and in the future kind of focus is on, or, or part of the focus can be on pet mental health. Um, you know, I think we talk about, people mental health more so in the last couple of years than ever before. Um, but for our pets as well, and just, you know, educating people more about positive reinforcement training and how effective, how much more effective that is than other, um, more aversive approaches. Uh, I think that, you know, we can't, when we talk about that, you have to kind of acknowledge pets you know, mental well-being um, and how you're making them feel and and making them feel safe um, and loved and like they're having fun because our you know our dogs they just find so much joy in the moment and they're so good at living in the moment. Um, you know, a lot of people think of their pets as like their therapist. They're like my you know, there's like the pillow that says therapist has fur and four legs. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you kind of have to also, you know, if your pet's making you feel so good emotionally, you need to make sure that your pet is also feeling good emotionally. And then it's not all just like a one way thing. Um, so, you know, I love to find kind of what my pets love to do. So like for Lucy, she loves the water more than anything in the world. So every chance I can to you know help her go swimming, I do that. And, and Bert loves, uh, finding things with his nose. So, you know, we found a hobby that embraces that, um, you know, and it also keeps them active, uh, and both stand up paddleboarding and barn hunt are both really senior dog friendly sports to do, um, because they're not super hard on the joints and they're not super active. Mm -hmm. So I think kind of thinking about what, what would make your dog happy <laughs> and what can they do until their golden years? Um, and just kind of, you know, focusing on that. I think that's something that people need to think about too. Yeah, no, I think that's such a fantastic answer. And it is very interesting because, you know, I've had this podcast for over a year. And so the first I would say, you know, 50 times that I asked this question, it was a lot about the physical wellness or, you know, how can our dogs help our mental health? And so it was kind of this very different focus. And it's actually very funny because recently, and I would say in the last like five or so episodes, I've had so many people say the same thing as you, where it's just like, no, we have to take care of their mental health now. And so I love that because I think that we're kind of bringing awareness to this finally. And it took a while. And, uh, you know, we all know that the, the pet health industry is a lot further back than the human health industry. And so we're getting there very slowly. But now we're finally starting to notice things like our pet's actual mental well-being, which is so important. And so I think that's just such a fantastic answer. This is so cool. One, I'm so happy that this is like a trend um, that you're seeing more people thinking about. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. 
So as we wrap up this unfortunately very short episode, I know that every listener out there just wants to get involved. And so how can they keep up to date with what you're doing and what's what Wear Wag Repeat is up to? Yeah, please um, come check out my website. It is wearwagrepeat.com. And if you go to the homepage, you'll see I actually have two separate buttons. One says pet parents start here and one says pet pros start here. So whether you are a pet parent or you have a pet business, um, it should be really easy for you to find uh, the resources that I have to help you there. And um, please feel free to reach out to me with any questions or comments I also just like when people send me pictures of their pets. So um, you can just send me an email with a picture of your pet and I would be very happy about that. All right. Well, that's fantastic. And hopefully everybody will shut off this episode right now and then go over to your website. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a great chat. Yeah, this has been so fun. It went by so fast, but it was really awesome to talk to you. Thank you all for listening and make sure to check out the show notes for all links to everything mentioned in this episode. Head over to www.mela.ai to learn more about what's happening over here at Mela Pet Care and for more ways to keep your pet healthy and happy. And finally, don't forget to check out the Mela Moment Pet Health Podcast on LinkedIn and Instagram.